hey, wanna be oh boys, wanna be oh girls, wanna be oh people, people. This is Pat of the B.O. Boys, and we have a very special episode of uh, the B.O. Boys today. We have a treat for you. We're not going to be together. You see, the thing is, myself and my wife, we are on a European vacation right now, multiple cities, big cities, cities that you all know and love, and currently I am in Paris, so, you know, tour of not just big cities, but big box office cities. Paris, of course, is one of the big European box office cities. They call movie cinema here, which I really, really enjoy. I think that gives it the sort of weight and respect that it deserves. So they call it cinema. We're in Paris. But because of this, because of my big trip, Clayton and I just cannot get together to record the episode at the same time. You know, we're in different time zones. I'm in Paris, he's in New York, both coastal elite cities, but not the same time zone. So, you know, when I'm awake, he's sleeping. When I'm sleeping, he's awake. When he's ready to record, I'm at a museum. I'm at the Louvre, I'm, I'm somewhere, and I, I just can't do it. We can't get it together. It's the time zone thing, blame it on the time zones. Quick tangent as I talk about this, we gotta figure out something with these time zones in these big, you know, coastal lead important worldwide cities. New York, LA, London, which I've been to, Paris, um, Tokyo. They're all in different time zones. And I feel like it's been long enough. We got to figure something out. These big, important cities need to be on the same time, same time zone. That way, the, the people who need to conduct business could all be on the same time. And I listen, I get that it won't be easy. There's a lot of moving parts to make that happen, but it's it's gonna have to happen soon. You know, coastal elite time, CET, let's get on that, make it happen. Whoever needs to figure it out, get together in a room, let's get all these cities on the same time zone. Dubai. Uh, Chicago, if you want to make a case for it, maybe could be in there. Beyond that, don't give me, you know, like Copenhagen and, and those cities. It's the, the big ones. London, Paris, New York, LA, and and Berlin. Berlin, obviously, should be in that same time zone as well. Anyway, that aside, and now I will toss it to officially start the show with Clayton. So enjoy the B.O. Boys. Of course you will. And why wouldn't you? It's the BO Boys. All right, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Tuesday, August 16th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. I'm doing it live. I'm Clayton. So I'm doing this by myself today. Pat is on a European vacation with his wife. We're going to hear from him throughout the show. He sent a voicemail. So we're going to get his take on a few topics. He's in France right now. He's going to tell us what's going on over there movie-wise. But first, we need to do a plow. Number one, bullet train. $13 million, down 55%. No theater change. It is at $54.4 million in its second weekend. Number two, Top Gun Maverick made 7 
million dollars, added 421 theaters. It's at $673.7 million in its 12th weekend. Number three, DC League of Super Pets made $7 million, down 37%, hemorrhaged 529 theaters. It's at $58.1 million in its third frame. Number four, Thor Love and Thunder made $5.3 million, down 30%. It lost 225 theaters. It's at $325.4 million in its sixth frame. Number five, Nope made $5.3 million, down 37%. It lost 256 theaters. It's at $107.5 million in its fourth weekend. Number six, Minions, The Rise of Groom, made $5 million, down 30%, lost 120 theaters. It is now at $343.8 million in its seventh weekend. Number seven, Where the Crawdads Sing, made $4 million, down 29%. It lost 248 theaters. It's at $72.1 million in its fifth weekend. Number eight, Oof. Uh, bodies, Bodies, Bodies made $3.2 million. It's a increase of 1,334%. It added 1,279 theaters, and it's at $3.5 million in its second frame. Number nine, Elvis made $2.5 million, down 34%. It lost 200 theaters. It's at $141.2 million in its eighth weekend. And number 10, fall, $2.5 million in its first frame. So that was another newbie. So here we go, getting into it. Going back to Top Gun real quick. One of the reasons we did I'm doing this episode on Tuesday is because there's a lot of people calling Super Pets at number two. And I knew in my heart that this was not the case, that Maverick was going to prevail as it always did. So Maverick beat Super Pets by 50 grand. And so they were both $7 million, but there was a little bit more on the end there for Top Gun Maverick. And it is a shame that Pat is not here. Pat is on a European vacation. If he were here, I'm sure he would agree with me that it's great that we have been able with this show to chronicle a Titanic level success, a Titanic level movie. And yeah, I mean, Endgame, we weren't we didn't do the show during Endgame, but like Endgame happened and those Marvel movies, they just don't feel the same. Even though it is an IP, this feels different. This does feel like Titanic. And it beat Titanic in domestic. It's now at, let's see, where are we standing here for the top domestic? See, this is why it helps to have a co-host to vamp. So Top Gun, of course, officially beats Titanic last weekend. It's at 6 hundred and seventy three point seven it's breathing down the neck of infinity war 
at number six. So that's a definite. And I think Black Panther at 700 is a definite. We talked about this earlier. You know, there's going to be a re-release for Black Panther. So Maverick could get as high as 715. Who knows how high this thing could fly? Because we've always, I mean, we've been champions for this movie, but it's always still surprising us. I mean, plus two, plus two percent. Number two, we weren't surprised about that in our in our weekend projections because that's what we both picked. No, we didn't. We went three. We thought super bets. That's the thing. Even us who were high on Maverick didn't guess that this would go number two. So anyway, Maverick, Titanic level hit. Let's talk about something that's not a Titanic level hit. Let's talk about bodies, bodies, bodies. Now, I'm going to cut to Pat in a moment, and he's going to give his thoughts on bodies, 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 because he famously thought this could open at seven. I was less hyped on this, but even I went five, and this thing opened to 3.2. And here's a thing that I knew, but... I forgot I knew, is that these kind of movies don't do well. This kind of rough night type movie, that was a movie we didn't comp to, which was a movie that came out summer of 2017, starring starring Scarlett Johansson and a group of uh, other female comedians. And it's about uh, a dead stripper it's the very bad things for women again very bad things those movies don't ever do well the other thing about bodies 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 is that it's not a horror movie it's not a slasher and that's fine but you don't have anybody to root for in this movie and i think this is something that filmmakers especially young filmmakers run into they want to make all their characters mean they want to make all their characters bad because that's more interesting to them because bad behavior is more interesting but here's the problem you need to have somebody to root for and with a slasher you can root for the slasher that's the thing with a horror movie is that the characters don't have to be good they can all be bad i mean there's always the final girl i don't i don't personally like those but that doesn't matter to me because i'm not a critic huh But the problem with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is all of these characters are so putrid. Even Maria Bakalova's character, who, not to spoil anything, is so obtuse as a character. And I know, I feel like that was meant to be the case, but she's not rootable. But if you had a slasher, if you had someone in a mask, you could root for them. And that would give the audience an anchor. This movie has no anchor otherwise. I don't think this gives I don't think this does anything for Pete Davidson saying he's not a movie star, anything like that. He's definitely not a movie star, but his future in the movies, I don't know if this says anything about that. Because again, we said this in the previous episode. He hasn't had a real shot. This is an indie movie. This is A24. This isn't the big leagues. So we'll see what he does in the big leagues. Now let's hear Pat on Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, bodies, bodies, bodies going wide. It's real first weekend. And, you know, it kind of bombed. It didn't hit the highest, I mean, didn't even come close to the highest expectations. Made what, a little over 3 million domestic. It didn't break out 
fans are obviously not seeing this as a horror movie and horror movies are the type of teen movies that are going to do well and fans are not seeing Bodies, Bodies, a horror movie. They're seeing it as a black comedy. I mean, again, I pegged this last weekend as it could be seen as a very bad things type of movie. If you remember the famous Jeremy Piven, Peter Berg, uh, star of the 90s, very bad things. And those type of movies, those dark, dark comedies in quotes, those movies where it's a murder happens and I guess you want this group to get away with it. Those type of movies never do that well at the box office. You know, in the 80s, you had movies like that. Danny DeVito famously was able to be a star of those type of movies and do well at the box office. Your Throw Mama from the Trains is, is your Ruthless Peoples is, you know, those types of movies. But you need a Danny DeVito centering those type of movies to go over big in the mainstream. And Jeremy Piven wasn't that with Very Bad Things. Rachel Sennett, as great as she was in Bodies, Bodies, she's not a Danny DeVito, it seems, or at least not yet. Obviously, she's very early in her career. She could definitely become a Danny DeVito. I, I hope Rachel Sennett is able to get to DeVito level, but she's not there yet, not able to carry these pitch black, dark comedies, and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is not going to break out. You know, I think the young teen audience sniffed, this is not a horror movie, this is a very bad thing situation, and they didn't want it, didn't break out. A24, for all its successes it has, it was not able to turn this into a big hit. And listen, the Pete Davidson factor, he's more famous than he is a draw. And I thought he was well used as an actor in this movie, but he obviously did not appeal to the mainstream. His fans did not really want to pay to see him in a big way. They want to scroll through his Instagram. They want to see who he's dating, but they don't necessarily want to buy tickets to see him in, as we say, in Paris, as we say here in, in France. They didn't want to pay to see him in the cinema. So bodies, bodies, bodies did not break out. Three million. This is probably going to come and go from the box office pretty quickly. And I think it will... Fine Life as a cult hit, you know, on streaming, on PVOD, perhaps. And, you know, much like your Heathers is and your Jawbreakers is, it, it'll get cult status. It's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. But it didn't catch on with the mainstream, didn't get pegged as a horror movie. And it's going to have to find life as a cult hit on television, not at the box office. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Bullet Train. Now, drop 55%. I think this is where we thought it would be. 13 million. Not a world beater. 54.4. And it's one of those things where it's it, it, it it's going to have, and we said this before, it's going to have zero competition. I mean, Idris Alba's coming out next weekend with The Beast. We'll talk about that in the preview episode. I don't see big things for that. I know Danny from I Screen, You Scream 4, the number four movies, is very high on The Beast. But we'll talk about that on Thursday. But Bullet Train, it's it's doing fine. It's doing okay. Again, not a beloved movie, but it's chugging along. We'll see if it can get over 100. Now let's hear Pat. Yeah, Bullet Train, number one at the box office again. 
made a little over $13 million. So the drop was pretty much, I think I nailed it last week, and I said this would end up around $13 million. You know, had a drop in the in the fifties, so not a definitely not a terrible drop, but not a great great hold. Not the kind of hold that shows bullet train is going to be some kind of phenomenon, or that bullet train is a beloved movie. It's definitely not reviled in any way. I think for the most part, it seems crowd pleasing, but I don't think we're going to have a free guy situation that we had last August, August 2021, where people love Free Guy, opened early August, and really just became a movie that revitalized the box office, that that people were recommending in a big way. I don't think we have that with Bullet Train. I think Bullet Train still has a good shot at getting to $100 million. You know, the movie I comped it to last week when it opened was Sandra Bullock's The Lost City, which opened uh, into March or April this past spring. That movie, of course, got over $100 million, got to what, like 105 by the end? That's ideally where Bullet Train with Brad Pitt wants to get to. As of right now, after the second weekend, I'm looking at it, Bullet Train and Lost City have both made pretty much exactly the same amount of money at this point in time, $54 million. The difference is Bullet Train had a better first full week than Lost City, which makes sense because Bullet Train right now is still during the summer, so kids are home, more people are home or going to the movies. Lost City did have a better hold in the second weekend. Lost City did hold, made like $15 million in its second weekend, which is more than Bullet Train made. So I think the signs are it's going to be tough for Bullet Train to fully match Lost City. Again, I don't think it's as liked as that movie. It probably won't have the same legs, but we'll see. There's right now neck and neck. Bullet Train should be able to get to or has a shot at getting to $100 million domestic. Now, DC League of Super Pets. We got an email. I'm going to pull this email up from Reed. Wanna be a boy Reed. And he says, rats need cheese. I ended up at a noon Saturday showing of Super Pets. I assumed this is the most attended screening of the week. Well, if that's the case, it's in trouble. 10 people in a theater capacity of over 200. The movie was terrible. Cartoon Network level animation. Unfunny, loud, boring. Though somehow the family of Six directly behind us were laughing so hard. I guess everyone has a different definition of comedy. Our theater is already cutting staff. So this is all about, this is also something separate. We'll get to this. Theaters cutting staff, Thor opening weekend, all six concession registers were open. Today, just one. Maybe by early September, I can just go behind the counter and serve myself. So, Wow. That is damning. Now, speaking to that, Super Pets, not setting the world on fire. Again, this is a movie that is going to really have to stretch to get to 100. But what Reed was saying about the theaters is interesting. Because, yeah, it is, it is a wasteland. I have heard that, and I will make sure this is a for a fact on Thursday in our preview episode, that the 68th Street AMC 
which is one of the biggest theaters in the country. It does the most business. Beale Boys Home Theater. That IMAX is under repairs. So when you had this Top Gun small IMAX re-release and you had an E.T. 40th anniversary IMAX release, it was out of commission. So one of the biggest theaters in the country, they, they put a sign on it. The, the, you go to the IMAX and there's the guy digging, like from the old websites, under construction, right? That's what this August is about. That, that the biggest theater in the country thought, ah, this is a good time to do some repairs. Hollywood messed up here. They needed something big. They needed something big and Bullet Train ain't it. Bullet Train ain't it. Super Pets ain't it. They needed something big. So that's really frustrating. Now, everywhere else, Crawdads continues to sing 72. That This is like a solid adult hit. And I, I'm, I'm really hoping this can reach 100. That would be spectacular. Down at number 10, Fall. Fall is a movie that I went to see. And I'm not a critic, like I said earlier. Huh? There are some spectacular views in this movie. The characters are nothing. The plot is... It, it's it, it, it's so, soap opera-esque. I, I can't see how this is a crowd pleaser. But if you want some visceral thrills, it definitely gives you that. I'm not surprised at this placement here. Also... Nobody knew this movie was coming out, which is an issue in that we do say, give, give, give us stuff. Put it in the theater. Put it in the theater. But this is a Lionsgate film. This is a BuzzFeed Studios presentation I saw when I went and saw this, which is doesn't make you want to rush out and see it. So the fact that you have to promote and spend tons of money, even if it's low budget, tons of money to promote, to get people out there. That's the problem, is that unless theaters start becoming a place to go, a place to be, which is what they used to be, let's just go to the movies, instead of let's go see Top Gun Maverick. Then you can put movies in the theater with little or less promotion because you're going to have the audience already there looking for something. They're not there with their destination in mind. That is on the theaters. You got to be build these PLFs. You got to build these IMAXs. You got to make the seats better. You got to and not the seats are nice, right? But you got to make the visual presentation better. Can't be dark. The sound has to be crushing. Crushing in a good way. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get these concessions just locked in tight, right? You gotta have the best. You gotta have the latest. You gotta have innovations, all right? You gotta bring. You gotta roll out new snacks. You gotta make that a big deal. Cause fall, we got an email from I, I believe. I think, I mean, it's a great, again, it's always great emails from Austin. And Austin mentioned that he didn't even realize that Fall was an actual movie. He saw a poster at his local Regal and mistook it as an advertisement for generic premium screens rather than an actual film. 
That's bad marketing, Fall. That is horrible marketing. When he thought it was a promotion for a format, that's rough stuff. Last thing. We're going to make this a short episode because I'm by myself. You're going to hear a little bit of a, a, of a report from Pat on just general European things. But before that, Mac and Rita, D plus cinema score. How? This is a movie that, again, isn't going to get the F bump. It's got a D plus. I have not seen this movie. I don't know anybody who's seen this movie. But there must be something so disturbing and so against the expectations of the audience for this to get a D plus. Because usually with Fs, it's unhappy endings, it's obtuse storytelling, things like that. For a comedy to get a D plus, and Pat Pat's gonna extrapolate on this too. It, it, there's got to be something crazy in this. I don't want to speculate because my mind is going places that my mouth shouldn't follow. But there's got to be some fucked up shit in this movie. And if not, then it's just an incredible failure. Because budget usually doesn't matter. I don't think people are giving it a D plus because it's cheap looking, which is what we think it is and we know it is. There's got to be something deeper. I'm in the same boat as Pat, as you'll hear, I need to see this movie. I need to see this movie to see how much it can botch a body switch concept of I was young, I always felt old, I'm now an old lady. It's Diane Keaton. I mean, how do you mess it up? But it looks like Gravitas Ventures and the filmmaking team were able to do so. So here's Pat with a little bit more on Mac and Rita. The other final box office story I'll touch on, Mac and Rita, that premiered this week, Gravitas Ventures, and much like all the ventures by Gravitas Ventures, it did not connect at the box office. This thing tanked, finished out of the top 10, you know, didn't, this was not Book Club Part 2 for Diane Keaton, though Book Club Part 2 is in production, so hopefully Book Club Part 2 is Book Club Part 2 because Mac and Rita was not Book Club Part 2 for Diane Keaton. And this movie got a D-plus cinema score, or D-minus. It was in the Ds. And for a comedy, man, that is rough, especially a comedy that bombed because sometimes you'll get a bad cinema score for a movie that a lot of people saw because you just have that chance of people stumbling into a movie when so many people see it. With Mac and Rita just making so little money, selling so few tickets, you would think that the only people who went to see Mac and Rita this weekend were the ones who were just predestined to love it. And somehow there were barely anyone went to see this movie and the people who did see it hated it. So this movie, it really piques my interest now. It's a box office disaster, but... I do want to see this. I'd love to see it in the cinema. I'd love to see it in Paris. I'm not seeing it uh, any advertisements for it here in Paris. I don't think it's opened here yet. But if it did, while I am staying here in Paris with my wife on vacation, I would go see Mac and Rita because of that D cinema score and just see what the deal is with this movie. I do think that if I had the chance to see it here in Europe, here in Paris, 
at the cinema. I think the crowds here would actually respond to it. You know, they this is a city that is probably most famous for, A, the Eiffel Tower. Let's give that uh, due credit. Number one is Eiffel Tower. But number two here in Paris, it's the love of Jerry Lewis. They love Jerry Lewis, and I think that same... Uh, mindset of loving Jerry Lewis would probably lead this town to loving Mac and Rita. So, I, if if anyone uh, you know sees that there is a showing of Mac and Rita here in Paris, email us at the Bo Boys Podcast at gmail I am still able to access the inbox for the email account here in Paris. So, let me know. I will go see Mac and Rita at a local cinema if it is playing, and, and see what the deal is. Either way, I do want to see this movie, though it is a box office bomb all right guys so i'm gonna leave you with a report from pat on just general goings on in france which is where he is now now just to give you an idea of how successful a european vacation can be i was looking at the numbers for national lampoons european vacation which opened in 1985 to 12 million dollars that's a pretty uh sturdy number although it did drop pretty precipitously the next couple weekends and ended up only at 49 million dollars compared to the original vacation which opened lower it opened to 8 million but only had a 14 percent drop the next weekend, and then another 14 drop, and then another 35, and then another 15, and then plus 18. This was a popular movie that opened in 1983, and it legged out to 61. So that was an American vacation. Listen, is that superior to a European vacation? The numbers say it is. I mean, I think people are more hyped on the European vacation initially, but then their interest steadily declines. So let's see if that happens with Pat. That's going to be very interesting if it follows the same trajectory. Here's Pat. I mean, I think that is it for me. I guess the other thing I will say, reporting live from Paris, lots of ads for uh, Les Minions 2, that is a uh, posters everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Posters for Les Minions 2. That is, of course, in English, that is Minions 2, The Rise of Gru. But Les Minions 2 is how it's known here. And I, I am sure that people here in Paris are loving that movie. I mean, that, that I saw it. It translates across all languages, adults, kids, no matter what language you speak. The Minions are the Minions are the Minions are Les Minions. Everyone's going to love it and all over the place. Also, Nope. Uh, nope. Looks like it just opened here. I'm seeing a lot of posters for Nope and a lot of posters for Bullet Train. So, you know, Hollywood is alive and well here at the cinema here in Paris. Um, I don't know if I'll catch any of those movies. You know, I've seen two of those. Bullet Train, I think I'll see it in the States. But if Mac and Rita is playing around town here in Paris while I'm still here, I will see Mac and Rita. But I think that is it for my Paris report. Uh, I'm going to be out here in Europe for the rest of the week, so I probably will do the same thing for the weekend preview episode. I will be in a different city. I won't tell you which city that is. That'll be a surprise, something for you to look forward to. 
but I will do that. And then, of course, next week, I'll be back in the States in New York City, and I'll be partnered up with Clayton again so we can record together. But for now, I got to go walk around Paris. All right. I don't think there's anything left to say except for until next time, we'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it. <laughs>